Welcome, Traveler, to the Inn at the Edge of Greenwood, a cozy roleplay podcast where adventurers from many realms come to tell their tales. You won't find any dice rolls or TTRPG mechanics here, just good old-fashioned make-believe and storytelling. We hope you enjoy your stay, and if you do, that you let us know with a review. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's grab something hot to drink and listen to a story. Dear friend, today was the annual ale tasting competition. Folks from all over the neighboring towns were here. It was a fun, if somewhat stressful day. Those judges are no joke. But one of the visitors was here not for the event, but from another realm, as folks do tend to find themselves here from time to time. She told a story full of danger and horror, but with a heart of courage, too. And she was a very interesting person herself. I will do my best to recount her tale accurately. Edge of Greenwood, Chapter 10, Rebellious Paths. Waking up presents you with a very strange bit of panic in that you look to your right and left and your companions who were there around the fire with you the night before are nowhere to be found. Neither is the fire. Only your self and the things on your person you reach down and even the bedroll you were you had been sleeping on is missing your hands hit hard forest floor immediately and you kind of shuffle and, and spring to your feet and take stock of your surroundings you're in some sort of a forest you had gone to sleep in a forest but this doesn't look like the same place you were before most of the trees here are pines and other evergreens and most of the trees are alive and there's no mist. It is a remarkably clear morning. I don't think I've ever seen a clear morning. Hello? <laughs> Anybody out there? Gregthos, Emmy, are you playing a trick on me? You wait for a moment and see if your friends will call back and let you know that they concocted some sort of ruse. And no reply comes. Just little chirps of woodland creatures, squirrels, birds, and the like. Well, this is actually really pleasant in comparison to wretches moaning and angrily and wanting to kill me. But um, I'm a little confused. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to walk forward, uh, hoping to find something that will signify that there are more people somewhere. Yeah, and as you begin to walk and, and listen, um, it, 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 it's only a moment later that you you're like, you actually pick up the sound of some, some commotion. It is first thing in the morning, and you hear what sounds like carts and wagons and horse hooves. You listen a little harder, walk a few more paces, and you hear voices. Before long, you find yourself coming out of the tree line into a clearing where you see all manner of folk going by. And in fact, you have to jump back at one point because a cart goes by right where you had been standing. Uh, a halfling man who's at the, the reins of the car says, oh, excuse, excuse, good morning, and continues on. And you look around into a small town or village of sorts that seems to be just waking up and beginning its day's work. 
most of the buildings that you see are, you couldn't even call them buildings, they're more like tents and pop-up shops. Uh, except for one large building up on a bit of a hill, which is a, a large tavern-type building with the stables behind it. The other thing that catches you, because you would know this smell anywhere, there's a very strong smell of beer. Um, well, that's a scent I recognize. I'm gonna go that way, and hopefully one of them can point me in the right direction to clear light, because this is not clear light. You follow your nose, and, and it very quickly takes you towards that large tavern, that inn up on the hill. You realize that the, the cart that had almost run you over has swung a wide turn up a little path and is heading up that direction as well. And as you now see the back of the cart, you notice that there are kegs and caskets on it. Uh, you see two other carts kind of coming along as well. One that is already up there and is being unloaded, and you just see keg after keg of beer being unloaded at this inn. There's a, there's a young man who's got a, a piece of paper and he's kind of directing people and telling them where to put things. Uh, you can't hear what he's saying at the moment, but you can see him kind of pointing around, taking charge as people are moving these these caskets uh, around. At least they have good taste. Um, I will walk up to the cart and go, Ex excuse me, what, what town is this exactly? Oh, uh, doesn't really have a name, just, uh, you know, at, you know, outside the Greenwood. Um, it's, it's not really that much of a permanent structure. I don't recognize that name. Okay, fantastic. I'm going to go inside and get myself an ale, hopefully. Oh, <laughs> the halfling you were talking to laughs and he goes, You won't have to hope for it. There's ale abundant today as he continues to unload more caskets of, of drink. Um, I will glance at them and just see if there's any, like, obvious symbols on them. Um, she would be accustomed to seeing, like, uh, letterings or, like, stamps from the, the brand. Mm -hmm. You look, and there are indeed stamps on the sides of the barrels. They seem to be lettering, but you don't recognize the alphabet at all. You, you don't, you're not able to read any of it. It looks very foreign to you. I must be dreaming. This is a dream. This is clearly a dream. Or a trick. Or both. And I walk inside. You walk up the ramp up into the, the front door of the, the, the inn. Above you swings a little sign that creaks and you just look up briefly and see a, a green pine tree that's painted on it. No name. And as you walk in, the young man who was outside with the piece of paper calls in after you. He's still outside, but he kind of calls in. He's like, oh, um, if you're coming into the inn, uh, please uh, ex excuse the mess. Uh, lots lots coming in and out today, but uh, grab a seat at the bar. I'll be right in there. Okay. And she'll just sit at the bar and um, she'll just kind of like play with dancing lights in her hand while she's waiting. Um to entertain herself. Are any of those caskets inside? Many, because as you sit at the bar, which is right kind of as you first come into this into this large open space of this first floor of the tavern, it's this large L-shaped bar and it's on your right and you, you sit down right at it. The main banquet hall type area of the rest of it is you see tables and chairs, but they've all been cleared back and the whole room just seems to be full of barrels. They're, they're bringing them in, they're stacking them in the back. And, you know, they're kind of piling them, uh, you know, three or four together and making notes and then a couple more and making notes. 
And, and that's where the strong, overwhelmingly strong smell of beer comes from, just from the, the sheer volume of casks that are that are around at this moment. Either we have a bunch of alcoholics or there's going to be a party. I like parties. Um, I'm going to cast Comprehend Languages to see if I can read the barrel. Sure. So you, you, you cast a bit of magic uh, in order to, to open your mind a little bit uh, to, to what this text might be. And... As, as the words kind of shift in front of you to something that you can understand, you read, you begin to read surnames and they, they seem to be, you know, various houses that these must have come from. What you do notice is that these little piles of the barrels, each one is, it's the same surname grouped together. Uh, and so you, you notice probably at this point, you know, if you kind of glance and walk around and look, probably about seven or eight different families that these wines or these beers are from. None of them are familiar to you. I don't see a lantern one. That's not right. Um, okay. Wonderful. I'm definitely not home because if I was, there would be my father's ale here. Good. Cool. Got it. I'm on the same page. I swear to the gods, if this was Greg those doing, I will kill him. As you sit back down at the bar and kind of play with your magical lights, uh, keeping them floating about you. The innkeeper comes back in, uh, this same young man, um, and he's kind of wiping some sweat from his brow and folding the paper up, and he sees you, and he's like, oh, right, uh, he comes around behind the bar and takes a deep breath. Whew. Just let me collect myself for a minute. <sighs> that's a lot. Of, that's that's a lot more than we had last year. Um, what can I get you? Um, I would like an ale. Um, you don't have, I don't see anything with the name of Lanner on it. You don't have Lanner ale? Oh, I'm, I'm afraid not. That's, that's not one I'm familiar with, but, uh, are you, uh, are you more of light or dark? Uh, dark, please. Okay. And he goes and pours you, um, a, a very dark stout from one of the casts that's set up behind the bar. Uh, and slides that over to you. And as he does so, uh, would you describe what he sees sitting at the bar there? Um, he sees a human female who is wearing um, a leather armor corset and like leather thigh-high boots. She has long uh, blonde hair that is mostly tied up in a braid. The one thing that is super noticeable and different is that on her neck down and on her arms where her sleeves are not covering, she is covered in tattoos of just random black and white designs. He slides the stout over to you and says, you'll have to forgive uh, the way the place looks at the moment. We are in the midst of uh, the uh, yearly festival. Um, well, the, the other yearly festival. We have a lot of festivals around here. Um, it's, it, there's, a, there's a big beer tasting uh, event going on and uh, folks come from all around and bring their 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 town's prized beer and or ale and uh oh it's a good time <laughs> i love a good festival and i love a good beer so i guess i came to the right place at the right time even though i don't know where i'm at oh it can be tricky because there's no there's no sign for the town because there's no name for the town um were you coming from from Innerport or trawbridge <laughs> no um i was actually like Five miles south of Clearlight, the only town that I know of in existence. From what I've known, all the other towns are gone. He gives you a quizzical look and he says, Well, no, in, in Alson there are many towns. You're, oh, are you not Are you not from Alson? I don't recognize the name, so I'm assuming not. 
Gotcha. Whoa, this is, uh, <laughs> we're having a lot of these lately. Um, he grabs a stool and brings it over and sits on the other side of the bar across from you and kind of leans in and it's going to be okay. Uh, are you feeling woozy at all? No, I'm just glad it wasn't Greg though, because I was going to murder him when I got home. But um, now that I know that this isn't his fault, then I can just drink my ale and hopefully figure it out. Well, um, yes, in regards to figuring it out, you've, uh, you, my best guess, based on the several other guests that have come through with the same uh, similar story of not being quite sure where they're at, you've crossed a plane. You, 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 you've somehow crossed a, a material plane into, well, you're still on the material plane, but it's a different material plane. It's, it's quite confusing. Um, but this isn't your world i yeah i kind of gathered that there's no mr wretches or giant monsters or what is a everything. wretch other um, than the obvious meaning of course like a a dead human that's walking like so un the, the undead yes we call them wretches they don't hurt anybody usually they just oh well, stand huh. there and watch you and groan a lot the, the big monsters do, though. Well, certainly here, the, the undead are something to, to stay far from at all times. Um, what? I didn't get your name. I'm so sorry. Oh, Rissa Lanner. Rissa, uh, it's nice to meet you. I'm I'm sorry that we don't have your, your family's beer, but uh, if we did, I would be very concerned, considering it's from another realm. Yes, but it's very good. All the nobles love it. Oh, I'm very, very certain it is, <laughs> of course. Um, well, I'm... The, the the tasting is is tonight. We would we would love to to have you join us if you're still around at that time. Of course, I would love to have a good drink. Drinks and stories are always fun. There'll be plenty of both. Um, you'll excuse me. I've got to uh, see to it. And he. I will just continue drinking my ale. He gets up and continues his work. Uh, people come in and out. Eventually, they begin setting up long tables and getting the casks propped up with spigots put in them. And it very much quickly turns the area into a bit of a kind of a walkthrough where you'll go barrel by barrel and have a little taste of each one. People begin to file in and you notice some, some rather important looking folk come in. It, it's interesting because they're wearing what would probably be considered fine clothing, um, but it's, it's very old and none of it fits very well. And it seems as if uh, the, the Sunday best of this crowd is uh, <laughs> not up to the standards that you would have been expecting, uh, considering your background. A, a small group of these, these folk, mostly halflings uh, with a human or two with them, begin to go barrel by barrel and sipping and talking to each other and taking notes and, and sipping the next one, talking to each other and taking notes. And uh, it takes quite a while before they make their way all the way back and through, back and through what it turned out to be about 12 different stations for them to, to drink at. And then they go away and you hear murmuring from outside. And the innkeeper kind of comes over and slumps against the bar. He's like, oh, well, that's the, that's the worst of it. They just drink it and then judge it? Well, that's the, yes, the judges coming through is, is the stressful part for everyone. After that, uh, the taps just open up for everyone, and it's uh, it's much more of a party at that point. I don't rightly care who wins, but um, it, well, <laughs> that's the stressful part, but the busy part is about to hit. Uh, is your, uh, your father's 
ale, one that has won many awards back where you're from? Um, he's one of the few brewers, so it's more people don't have a choice. Oh. But, um, I mean, there's a couple of other places. He's usually the one that goes to all the noble parties, and then I just steal it for my friends when I go to the <laughs> noble parties. I can respect that. It's, uh, I've had one or two of the young folk here in the, uh, in the town, uh, sneak some of a, a cask away that they shouldn't have, but, oh, to be young. It's been years since I've had to do that, but now I just expect it to be there, so it was a little shocking. Hmm. But that's fine. Well, I apologize that we uh, don't have the, the one you were looking for, but I hope you enjoyed the, uh, the stout. It was delicious. Would you like another? Yes, please. Um, I would like to try, I point to another one. I'm okay. Like, I'd like to try that one. So you point to one that's on the tables that are set up, and he kind of goes, well, ooh, not actually supposed to... He looks around. Eh, no one's here. And he grabs your tankard and kind of walks over to the third barrel in on the first table and pours it out. And you had seen from when they were pouring before that this is a, a dark, almost reddish ale. Uh, and it comes out with a very nice aroma. And he sets that in front of you. Honestly, this is not my favorite of the bunch, but this is uh, for, for pure flavor. This is one of the better ones. Okay, and if they give you a hard time, I will talk them out of it. Don't worry. I got this. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I'll start drinking. So he continues to kind of clean up around. Uh, you will find yourself really the only other person in the room at the moment. After the, the judges had left, They, everybody else cleared out as they make their decisions and make their announcement outside. Uh, and as he's working, the innkeeper says, So you said you like drinking and you like stories. I love stories. Any ones that uh, you feel are particularly worth telling? We've got probably a few minutes here before they all come back. And, well, <laughs> I love a good story myself. Well, do you want a story that started off childish and ended in horror? Oh, many stories do. I have an old story that might work. It has to do with uh, my father since he came up earlier. He likes to make business with a lot of snooty, rich people. Mm. And I have a tendency to uh, not like snooty, rich people all <laughs> the time. Especially when they don't treat people right. So there, there was this uh, Roland Fawbranch. He came to the house. I don't know what he was dealing with with my father. It doesn't really matter. But he made a... Um, he decided to come out to the garden where my mother and I were. And my mother's sick. Uh, I was 19 at the time. She's still she's still ill, but uh, she's oh, alive. Sorry. Well, I'm glad she's alive, but I'm sorry to hear of her, her troubles. Yes. Um, we don't really know what it is, uh, but she's just she's a little bit weaker. So we were resting because um, we were in the garden and she just she loves the flowers. And we always make sure that they're kept up to uh, for the season. And he comes out and he decides that he wants to be rude to us. He demanded that I get him a drink. And I refused because this was my home. And then he said, um, he said to my mother, it's a shame that you're too sick to teach your daughter how to behave. Yeah. Well, one thing you might not know, um, I don't put up with that in any form of way. I get that uh, impression. Yes. But I have to put on a front. Daddy can't lose this business deal. So I uh, made a little bit of a plan. Mr. Farbranch, he, um, 
he kept talking about this boat that was coming in with with riches and all these wondrous items that he found overseas bragging to my father about how much money he has like rich people do and i decided i was just gonna go mess with his stuff instead and that's where the problems come <laughs> oh plan didn't go the way you thought it would did it it went great <laughs> until night came so one thing about clear light how do i put this Outside the city walls is dangerous. Um, mm. If you go out there, you, you're more than likely going to die if you're not prepared. And it's kind of... Um, most people don't like the fact that we go out to the outside of the walls to explore and, and learn and figure out things to help the city. So we're, we... This was 11 years ago, so at the time, nobody went outside the walls. So the only entrance really into the, into the town is from the docks. And... Uh, I went to the docks and I was watching and I was just going to mess with some of the stuff. I was just going to uh, see what they got, take it out, and then go steal something shiny and tick them off a little bit. And then um, there was a, a splash and uh, one of the dock workers, they walked over to the dock and they're like, there's, there's a hand down there. I think someone's drowning. So they reach down and go to grab the hand, and then the man disappears. Immediately. The man reaching down, or, or the hand coming up? The man reaching down. Oh, no. Just vanishes. So, of course, the other dock worker goes to try to grab him, but misses. And then um, a very terrifying creature started to arise with the hand on top of his head that was attached to a giant white snake-like creature. Goodness. Luring people to their death, it sounds. Very much so. Um, it looked like he wanted a meal, and he got his meal, because there was a lot of um, things on him. Ooh. Let's just go with that. Yes, yes, I, I, I get what you mean. Yes. Um, I, unfortunately, at the time was young, 19, 20, maybe. So I was a little too frightened to run up and help and wasn't didn't have the power that I have now. Uh, but I heard a lot of screams that night. Mm. And then uh, about five, ten minutes later, there was no one left alive on that dock other than myself that was hiding behind a crate. That's been a horrible thing to see. It, was, it wasn't fun. I mean, the good news that I got out of it is all the, the gold was gone too, but... I mean, I guess that's a win. I want to count it like that. <laughs> and did you ever find out what that creature was? Or did, did anyone ever take care of it and remove it from your, your waters? No, most people just stay away from the waters at night or stay away from the mist, period. Um, I think one day, if anything, we should go back and fight it. But for now, like my party and I are the only ones that go outside and fight these things. Everybody else is too afraid. Why do you do it? I I want to fight back to prove one that I can. To prove to that scared child that you can still fight the monsters in the dark and to also prove that I don't need daddy's protection or the money to save the day and solve the problems. Also, it's for the better for the city. What we find out there is astonishing. What type of things do you find? Uh, magic, machinery, oh. 
creatures that shouldn't exist, which not so great. Uh, we found a talking eyeball that was weird. <laughs> Super helpful. Sounds partly frightening, but quite wonderful as well. Yeah, I've learned I've learned a lot, but it is very scary. Very, very scary, but I, I don't go out by myself. So that's that's a positive. Well, that's, of course, there's, you know, there's very few that I've met who come through here of the adventuring sort who don't do it with, uh, without the help of friends. They, 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 it always tends to be a group, each kind of giving each other help and support where they need it. And that is, what a wonderful thing. Yes, there's been quite a clo few close calls. So let's just say I'm very glad we have a cleric on us, our side. <laughs> Ah, the holy men are uh, definitely good to have around in a pinch. <laughs> Though he doesn't believe in a god, so that's very confusing. Interesting. But, uh, yes, science is his god. <laughs> well, so yeah, he would be much more of the uh, the arcanists here. Um, there are there are several who follow the ways of of magic exploration. Some that look to pair that exploration with the holy. Those those fascinate me. Yes, I never really much belonged for gods. I, I learned magic and taught myself through uh, my words how to convince people to do what I wanted. And Oh, fascinating. I just casted earlier. I wanted to read the language on the barrels and I couldn't. So oh. I, I cast a spell to do so. Well, that's interesting. It's just in common it, and we're speaking it, but you don't, you can't read it without a spell. Oh, that's not my common, no. It kind of looks... Quizzical. He's like, that's fascinating because I had another traveler come through here whose the common was the same uh, between. Interesting. It's it's always odd whenever people come from another plane, the way the rules work. <laughs> Someone should write those down. <laughs> that's something I should probably be cataloging in my in my journal, but oof, it does get complicated fast. It's at this moment that you begin to hear commotion from outside. A happy sound as there is cheering and shouting and congratulations and the innkeeper looks over and goes, Oh, they must have announced a winner. Uh, I hope it wasn't Boggins again. I'm so sick of them winning every year. Which one was his? Uh, this one. And he pours a bit of a very light, frothy ale and brings it over to you. And he's like, the problem is, and you take a sip, it really is that good. It really is. It is a deliciously balanced, like, light ale uh, that has the perfect amount of age to it, and there's really nothing... It's flawless. I am suspicious immediately. <laughs> so I cast Detect Magic without... <laughs> I, like, start tracing a tattoo on my arm. Sure. And that's how I cast it. And um, I will cast Detect Magic. And see if just just curiosity to see if the ale is glowing. Okay, so you begin to trace a tattoo on your arm, and he the innkeeper actually sees you do this and goes, "Oh, fascinating! That's your that's your focus for your spells, yes?" Oh yes, um, I have one for each spell and then some for stories. Fascinating, and you finish your incantation. You detect uh, whether there is any magic uh, in this ale, and you come up with nothing. It seems mm -hmm. to just be well crafted. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like he's cheating the system. No, it's uh, honestly, you would you would be able to respect the craftsmanship if he didn't just walk around gloating about it for the rest of the year, every year. I mean, I could put him back in his place if you want. Oh, no, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's 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 trivialities. This is uh, all things considered. We're glad to have him around. 
Okay. I will keep my mouth shut then. Sips the ale. The doors open and folks begin to stream in. There is a, uh, there is a gnome man with a thin little mustache that's kind of waxed at the tips, who's being carried in on people's shoulders. And he's going, yeah! And the innkeeper immediately rolls his eyes. He goes, damn it, Boggins again. <laughs> and he is set down and given a little blue ribbon and everybody comes over and shakes his hand and congratulates. And before long, the place is packed. Everybody in the town fills in. Drinks are being poured. Those extra casts are quickly being mounted up as the first casts are emptied. And the place turns into a very lively, raucous uh, party hall very quickly in the evening here. Okay, I will have my fill and try each of the ales. You try each of them. For the most part, they're pretty good. There are two or three that really do stand out, including the winner, the red ale that you had, and one other very dark one that's almost it almost comes out black uh, and is just absolutely sweet and thick. Most of them are passable. There's one or two that you're like, wow, was this the fir person's first time brewing? Uh, and those you have to spit out pretty quickly. <laughs> I just but... politely <laughs> spit it back out. <laughs> Yep. And, and the one first time you do that, no one seems to notice. The second time, there's there's a there's a little old lady who's standing next to it and sees you do it. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. You had a little bit too much. Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm so sorry. I just got something caught in my throat. Oh, well, apologies. Well, then here. And she pours more from that. Have another another sip of, of, of my, my beer. Oh. It will help clear the throat. I just couldn't. Why not? I am, um, I need to use the ladies, the ladies room and then I'll just walk away. <laughs> oh, certainly. Well, come back when you're finished. I won't. <laughs> the rest of the evening goes by and it ends up being pretty late in the night, probably one or two in the morning before things really clear out. And the innkeeper is walking around, cleaning up a little bit, snapping his fingers every once in a while to aid him with a little bit of magic to, to spruce up a spot. He looks very bleary eyed and... He's got a smile on his face, but he looks exhausted, and he catches your eyes like, oh, well, what did you, uh, what did you think of the sampling? Um, there were a few that should not have been available as options. That's usually the case, yes. It's, uh, <laughs> some people like to think they're, they can do what they cannot do, <laughs> but we, we amuse them. I will pull out a wand of precipitation and clean up the last couple of spots oh, that he goodness. needed. Thank you. Much, much appreciated. You've worked hard today. I figured I could help. Oh, well, it has been a long day. Uh, do you need a room for the night? Probably. I don't have a bedroll anymore. And... Oh, well, won't have to worry about that. We have beds and everything. Yeah. And he walks over and pulls out a big leather book and opens it up. And you hear keys jangle and he grabs one, writes a note down, hands it to you. He's like, uh, it's the, the second room, actually. First one on your on your left up the stairs. OK, well, I appreciate it. I hope that you have a wonderful day, if I don't see you in the morning. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, to be honest, I may sleep in a little bit tomorrow, more than I, than I normally do, but no, I, I appreciate your story. I think that it's, it's interesting because I think back to, and he leans against the, the bar a little bit at this point and kind of settles in. I think back to when I was younger, not that I'm old now, of course, but uh, when I was younger and I had a lot of dreams and ambitions of adventure, but truth is i had a lot of fear as well and i don't honestly know 
at this point if it was fate or that fear that kept me from going on some of those adventures. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe. Maybe you were meant to be here to collect the stories of others and their adventures. That is what I like to think, but I will say I'm I'm glad that even though you had your fear, you uh, you pushed through it. It took me a little bit. I'm well in my 30s now, so it took me at least 11 years oh. to push past that and get out of the gang lifestyles and huh. well what do they say it's it's not where you uh where you begin but where you end yes and you learn a lot whatever your life takes you you learn something i like that i learned how to talk to nobles and i learned how to talk to the riffraff as the nobles would call them <laughs> you just gotta learn their language and if you know how to talk to somebody you can convince them of anything sometimes a good lie is is preferred, but... What is a story if not a gentle lie? Fair. Um, I will hand him a gold. Um, and say, this is... Oh, uh, no, this is not necessary. You've been so helpful today. It's on me. Take it as a tip. Very well, thank you. And then I will go up to my stairs. To my room. You walk up the stairs and enter your room and lie down. And it's a very, very simple room. But it is a bed versus a bedroll. Which is uh, certainly more comfortable than the, the ground you had been sleeping on. Before I go to sleep... I'm going to use my brewer's supplies to brew a lanner's brew. Okay, you begin getting a, a lanner's brew going in this little room. And I assume you leave it there <laughs> in the corner. There's a note next to it. In case you ever wanted to try lanner's brew, since you probably will never be able to, here is a little bit for you. Give it about 10 days and then just sip it with something very nice to eat. The next morning, when, when you open your eyes, the first thing that you're greeted with is damp and chill and fog. As you look back and forth and realize you are back where you started. The lantern ale that Rissa left is delicious. It definitely would have come in top three at the competition had she been able to enter it. She certainly bragged on it, but I must say she can back it up. I do feel for her. She was so young when she saw such horrors. It can't be easy to live in a constant state of fear and danger. But she has learned to handle herself well. I would not want to be on the receiving end of her ire. So many adventurers who fight and protect seem to do so from a place of pain. We need them, these heroes, of course. But I wish there were different circumstances that gave birth to their courage. It is a duality of the world that I am still trying to understand. Maybe I'll know it better if I get out there myself one day. Till then. Yeah.